That's awesome. <clears throat> I just have to say, though, you remembered that. <laughs> so, enough said, I think. Yeah. Um, Want to start off just saying it's so great. Like, I just, I love coming here. I see so many familiar faces, and it's just awesome to, I can't name people because I stink at names, but I see your faces, and I know who you are vaguely. Um, Sorry. But I do want to say a big thanks. Um, I just found out my wife watched me online from overseas, and she says hello. So that's awesome. And she told me good job, so, but, you know, she's biased. So um, you guys have been a part of helping us do, you know, be obedient to what God has called us to do the last five, six years, and we just really appreciate it. Um, I think I want to show quickly my family. This is not online, but uh, my wife is going to be up. Yeah, there she is, the short one. Uh, she's <laughs> so uh, she says hello, and those are my boys. Um, we are empty nesters now, and so they are. Um, we we managed to raise functioning adults, kinda. <laughs> so, so that's awesome. Praise the Lord. Uh, they love Jesus, and that's really the, the biggest thing that matters. But they're they're living semi-adultish lives in the United States as we speak. So um, thank you. I know that actually this place was a big part of that because they attended kind of the homeschool group and some things, and um, we just had to keep them away from the Davis kids. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> See, that's ha-ha funny. I don't know what he's talking about. That's funny right there. Uh, <laughs> so... But the, the work overseas uh, has been good. I want, I want you guys to know that um, the first country that we were in when we first started, uh, we trained a local team there to do what we do, uh, which is sow the gospel and make disciples. And uh, they have over 70 disciples inside our country. Uh, and they have access to the country, which is awesome. So they go back in and out. Uh, discipling them, helping them grow in Jesus, and planting churches inside. So uh, that's awesome. Um, in our second country now, we're building partnerships, and the disciples that we have made there, uh, you know, especially during COVID, we got to go deep with them, and we're seeing them plant churches uh, inside and outside the country, and those churches are moving towards multiplication. So pray for that. Um, multiplication is hard. So, but we're looking for second, third generations to come from the churches that we planted now. And so, praise God, I'm just believing for that. Um, also, we have this coffee shop thing that somehow somebody in their not so great wisdom said I should be the owner of. <laughs> I don't even drink coffee. <laughs> but that's uh, okay. Uh, I refuse the addiction. But uh, <laughs> I, the, the coffee shop is kind of one of our places that we use for meeting people when we sow on the street. We take them there. It's a safe place to share the gospel and go deep with them about Jesus and give them materials and things like that they can take back. So um, that's been awesome. And uh, the big dream I want you guys to pray for is that we're looking to, this year, we're registering and chartering an NGO for consultation. And uh, we have this big dream as a team right now that there's going to be like 10 of us soon on the field. And uh, 
everybody kind of has like an expertise they can share and be a consultant in. And we have our disciples who can network inside our country for us. And we're going to bring people out <laughs> for consultations. One of our focus areas will be special needs kids, families of special needs kids. And so you guys know my, my son is autistic. And uh, so we have a lot of experience with that. And we're going to help Muslim families and uh, families understand that it's not a curse. You know, they didn't do something wrong to make that happen. Uh, and teach them to connect with their children, those kind of things, business, whatever we can do. It really, it's wide open. And, uh, but the cool thing is we can engage people in the most unreached areas of the country, uh, bring them to us for con consulting and family, all kinds of family things. And then uh, that's the legitimate part. <laughs> and then on the side, we'll also train them to be disciple makers and church planters and send them back into their place to reach their families and friends for Jesus Christ. So pray for that. Uh, we believe it's going to be a huge thing. So um, that's awesome. And thank you guys for helping support that. So before we get started this morning, uh, the, you guys are my people. This is the late crowd. Okay, so I'm functioning now. I'm conscious. Uh, <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm hitting on all cylinders at this point. Um, but I like to have interaction from the crowd. I don't like to just preach. I want to have some, like, discussion and maybe answer some questions. So when I ask you questions, you guys need to answer them in a timely fashion, okay? <laughs> because we only have so much time this morning, all right? Is that cool? Okay, see? Good, you answered. So first question. Four? <laughs> there you go. So uh, first question. How many of you, you have something that you are absolutely convinced that you are right about? Okay, throw a few of them out here. Jesus is alive. There's, there's always a spiritual answer first. Okay. <laughs> Sunshine is good. Yeah. My wife's always right. That is a wise man right there. We're going to chat after service, brother. Uh, <laughs> my wife is always right. Anything else? Raise the child in the way they should go. Nice. Okay. Um, so how many of you have people in your life that are diametrically opposed to that thing that you think you're right about? <laughs> okay. Does your wife think she's right? <laughs> I'm curious. She's like, yes, that's, that's how this family functions. Okay. Um, that's cool. So it's interesting to me, like, uh, well, what I want to do this morning, I want us to answer together one of the great philosophical questions of our time that has stumped people for thousands of years, especially in marriage. That is over or under on toilet paper. Okay. Who's, who's over people? Come on. Where's the over people? Okay. And where's the under people? Yeah. Yeah. There's always a few of you that are just messing up the works in the bathroom. This under. <laughs> okay. We call them, I call them underlings. Uh, so, but, um. So 
It's, it's interesting. I'm, I'm coming to you guys as kind of a cultural outsider now, right? I get to observe our culture from, a, from halfway around the world and watch the things that we do <laughs> with a very critical eye, I might add. Okay? Um, and I'm fascinated right now, like in our culture, how opinionated we are, you know, online especially. Um, but we have these things that um, we're absolutely convinced that are like the truth and we are right about. Uh, what's that, brother? Uh, and, and all we did was do like a couple of like maybe half hour on Google. You know what I mean? <laughs> we're, we're Google experts at uh, these things. That's a, that's a copyright term I just made up. Um, <laughs> And, and then we, we shout this stuff out at people, right? And um, we tell people, you're a moron if you disagree with me, right? It's weird. And then the, the saddest part is like we're teaching other people in the world to do this as well, other cultures, okay? Now, I know not everybody is like that, but I'm just saying in general, we have some of this going on, right, in our culture. And I'm always fascinated. I'm, I'm fascinated with people anyway. I'm a, I'm a big people watcher. Who's the people watchers in the crowd? Okay. Awesome. You're my people. <laughs> but just observing, like, how people do that. And then, and then now we have this culture, too, where we don't really have discussions with each other, right? You, you don't listen to the person on the other side. You're just like, I'm right and you're wrong. I want to tell you something this morning. I have seen this firsthand. All religion, no matter what religion it is, um, biodegrades to that when it becomes extremist, okay? It comes down to I'm right and you're wrong. That is not kingdom-minded and the kingdom of Christ. Amen? Amen? Say it again. Okay. That is not the kingdom of Jesus, right? So I want, I want us to talk about this morning. Uh, I'll tell you a story here. A friend of mine, we're going to call him Isaiah. Isaiah um, grew up in a strict Muslim home. And his mom was a Quran teacher. And so uh, Isaiah was steeped in that culture his whole life. Uh, his mom paid him money to memorize verses of the Quran when he was a kid. And then he would use that money to go buy what we call spicy Cheetos in our country, which they love, okay? Spicy Cheetos and candy bars. <laughs> so, uh, but it's amazing to me, like, when you listen to him, when I first met Isaiah and he's telling me his story, he's telling me that in Muslim culture, you know, they're raised to believe certain things about God, and they're very guarded about that. Whenever he became uh, about university age, his sisters, one of his sisters started dating a guy who ran into someone like me <laughs> overseas, and he came to Jesus. And his sisters came to Jesus, and they started sharing Christ with their family. So they're talking to their brother about Jesus, and he 
was very guarded, he says, like this. I was very guarded. I had this guard, you know, shield up against them. And he started telling them things like, I don't know why you guys are doing this. This is not who we are. <laughs> because uh, in many places of the world, it doesn't really matter uh, what you choose to believe. It's just like where you're born, right? I was born in this country, so therefore I am a Muslim. And that's just the way he thought. He didn't have any reason to think otherwise. But when his sisters came to Jesus and they started sharing with him about who Christ is, he was, said, I'm going to argue with them and I'm going to go to the Muslim teachers and I'm going to ask them how to argue with them better so I can win. <laughs> and so uh, <clears throat> when he went to the teachers, he started asking them, okay, there's people I know. He couldn't even tell them who they are. But he says, people I know who are talking to me about Jesus and I need to know you know, how to combat that, how to debate. And the Muslim teachers actually said to him, um, you shouldn't be even here questioning. You shouldn't even be asking these things. You're sinning just by doing that. So he said, you should go to these people and tell them, if you don't come back to Islam, then we'll have to kill you. And uh, he was like, so their culture, family, is really important. So he was kind of conflicted with that. Like, I would never want to kill my sisters. <laughs> uh, so he, he kind of started having some doubt. And they told him, don't, don't come back to us if you're doubting your faith in Allah. And don't ask questions about this because this is wrong. So he came back home and he... Uh, went for a new strategy. He said, I know, I will buy a Bible off the black market and I will find a way to prove them wrong by reading it. So he's reading the Bible and he's reading the Quran side by side and he starts writing down like pages, just a list of questions, all the different things he wants to know about God and why does it say this and all that. And the funny thing is, the, the longer he read the scripture, uh, the more God answered his questions. <laughs> and so the Holy Spirit, this guy doesn't even believe. The Holy Spirit just starts revealing things to him in scripture about who Jesus is, about why Christ died, why Christ raised from the dead, all these things. And, and he's like, Every time I had a really important question, I was about to go to my sisters and like debate with them. I would read more chapters and then find an answer. <laughs> or they'd have an answer for me. And so he's like trying to, to walk this out. It, it took him probably about a year or so, year or two with his sisters, debating and arguing and reading and researching. And finally, he just came to the conclusion. He's like, well... I haven't even had to go to a teacher with the Bible to find the answers to my questions about God. God's just showing me. So I think this is who God is. <laughs> so he goes to his sisters and says, I want to have faith in Jesus. I want to believe. And so he lead him to the Lord. And he immediately starts sharing with his other family members <laughs> and his people. Uh, he, he knew that he could get Bibles now, so he started getting more Bibles <laughs> for, 
from people like me. And he would take groups of people up into the mountains. And while they were on the hike, he would give them Bibles and say, in here you can find truth. You can find out who God really is. And then he'd send them home, you know. Uh, <clears throat> and they started this online ministry where they were gathering people who were curious about Jesus into groups and putting them in churches. Um, unfortunately, while he's doing this for about a year, uh, the government was watching him. He didn't know anything about security at that point. And he hadn't been discipled really yet. He'd only been to church. And so he's uh, walking out his faith and he's sharing his faith. And next thing he knows, uh, government comes and arrests him along with some of his family members too and take him to jail. And he's there for two months. How many of you think that when uh, Isaiah first came to Jesus, he thought that God would allow him to be put in prison and interrogated and tortured? So it was quite an experience for him <laughs> to try to figure out, why is this happening to me? What is God doing with this, you know? I'm trying to follow you. <laughs> And so uh, it's amazing when, when uh, the government of our country started martyring and killing people for their faith, especially those who share, um, they found out that that only makes the church grow. And when they persecute people publicly and stuff, it only makes the church grow. So their new strategy has been whenever they arrest people, um, they do a lot of psychological tactics and manipulation while they're in prison. So they, they told him things like, you know, your mom is the one who turned you in. And she's actually on her deathbed right now because you have chosen to go against Islam. Isaiah is really close with his mom. <laughs> so he's, while he's in there, he's forming a lot of PTSD and anxiety and just stuff from the tactics that they're using on him. When they finally released him, they give him their passport and they say, you should flee the country. Because if you don't, we will spread lies about you and your community with people. We'll, we'll forge documents and tell them that you're a pedophile and a rapist. And if you don't flee the country, we'll arrest your family members and do the same thing to them that we did to you. So since family is so important to them, he left. <laughs> he didn't want his family members to be arrested. So he left the country, went to Turkey for a few years uh, where him and his brother lived and, and uh, he led his brother to the Lord. <laughs> and, uh, but while he was in Turkey, uh, he went to church, an above ground church and uh, there was a man standing outside the church. When he came to go in, the guy said, hey, in order to attend church here, we need all of your information. He didn't know any better, so he gave him his information. And the government there had him on the radar right away as a person who had converted from Islam to Christianity. And so they were just waiting for their opportunity to kick him out. So that's when he came to us. Three years later, came to us as a refugee, uh, trying to find a place to finally settle and live um, but full of anxiety about his future. 
Um, if you guys, if you have refugees here in the Eugene area, I encourage you, please engage with them. <laughs> that is a really difficult thing to um, come to a country as a refugee and try to f- make a life. Um, they need family. So you guys could be that for them. <laughs> so that's what we did. You know, we, we took him in and we made him a part of our family. And uh, I remember the first time I met with him, he's sharing me his story and and uh, God gave me a word over his life. I said, I think that you're going, God brought you here on purpose to do online ministry for us. And he's like, I don't know you. <laughs> you know, you don't know anything about me. You know, like, <laughs> so he didn't really think of much of it. But I just said, I really believe that God brought you here for a purpose. And uh, as we got to know each other more, we started discipling each other, you know, and, and he's, He's looking at me saying, I don't know what you mean by discipling. I, I go to church. I believe in God, you know. I said, no, no, we're going we're gonna to go deep, you and I, brother. Uh, like me and Patty used to do with students at you. <laughs> like we're going to go deep with each other, get into each other's lives. And um, he was, at first, it was, it was kind of weird for him. It's a different culture for him. Uh, and we started talking about things like the Holy Spirit and how close God is, how near God is. And I remember him talking to me and saying, you know, in Islam, we're not taught this. Our concept of God, uh, if you're a Muslim background person, is that he is distant, he's far away. Uh, The only aspect we know of him is a judge in the end. And he started talking to me about how, you know, I hear you say things like God speaking to you, and I don't understand what you mean. Because <laughs> he said in Islam, we're taught too that God only speaks to special people like prophets. And so I asked him one day, I said, you know, what are you hearing from the Lord, Hadi? What's God, this is one of our questions that we ask people. What are you hearing from the Lord? What's God saying to you, you know, in relationship? And he just looked at me and said, I'm not really sure how to do that. <laughs> I don't know how to hear God's voice. He's like, can you help me with that? So that's one of those conversations we're walking to get a package and I, you know, suddenly become super intentional, right? (laughs) And uh, I start talking to him and and sharing with him five different ways that God speaks to us. And um, I say, in my own life especially, I said, if I am listening to God, God has a tendency to repeat things to me. You know, he keeps bringing them back to my mind, uh, back to my spirit over and over again. And I said, if I, if I disobey him, I said, my life tends to go in a circle. You know what I mean? <laughs> I just sort of repeat like the same behavior and stuff. You guys with me? How many of you guys experienced that? Okay. And so you're, uh, and, until I obey him, you know, because God's like, he loves me enough to like, I don't want you to go further in this until you learn to obey this part, you know, because all these things have a purpose, Right. And so uh, I told him, I said, so if, if, God, if it's just you, it's probably something that will leave your mind. But if it's God, man, he'll keep bringing it back to you. And then he goes, well, in that case, I think God's been talking to me for a while now. <laughs> you know? And I was like, really? What is it? And he's like, I just have such a big heart just to burden for my people again to reach them online. 
And I was like, do you remember when we first met? <laughs> and uh, I said that to you, and he goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> he goes, I thought you were crazy. <laughs> so, <clears throat> but then we start talking about that, and he has this vision to gather thousands of people online in different apps and channels and ask them if they want to know about Jesus and filter them down to disciples, people who want to be discipled, people who want to know more about Christ. And it was amazing over the last six months or so, I've watched this unfold in his life. He has this renewed passion to reach people uh, for Jesus, and he already has two or three disciples from that, <laughs> from those groupings that he's been doing. Isn't that awesome? So the reason I'm sharing that story with you guys is not to brag on ministry, but a little, but, uh, <laughs> but to, to say, like, there are things that we can be convinced of culturally about who God is. And we need to be discipled. We need to have these moments where God sort of interrupts us and says, you don't have that right, <laughs> right? Like your wife, she's, <laughs> you're not right, <laughs> okay? Uh, and so I want us to, to take a little time to look at scripture together and uh, see what the master has to say about this, right? Because you, you can hear me, but you need to hear from Jesus on this, right? So Matthew chapter 11, we're going to go there, verses 7 through 19. I think it's going to be up there. Cool. That I can read, brother. <laughs> it's the up-close stuff I'm having trouble with now. Uh, so you guys read with me, and then I'm going to ask you some questions, all right? So be thinking about what's this say about God, what's it say about people, okay? You guys have to answer. Remember, you told me you would. Okay. Don't leave me hanging up here. Okay, as they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning John. What did you go out in the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? Behold, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. Nice job. Uh, what then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is he of whom it's written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. Truly I say to you, among those born of women, there has risen no one greater than John the Baptist. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence and the violent take it by force. I'm going to pause really quick there. You guys hear the word that Jesus is using in this passage? Kingdom. Right? We need to make a note of that. Jesus is not saying, in all of Jewish culture, <laughs> right? In all of Israeli culture, he's saying, no, in the kingdom. So Jesus is talking about something different here, right, than their culture. <laughs> you guys get that? Cool, okay. For all the prophets in the law prophesied until John. And if you are willing to accept it, he is Elijah who is to come. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. 
But to what shall I compare this generation? It's like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to their playmates. We played the flute for you and you did not dance. We sang a dirge and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking and they say, he has a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking. They say, look at him, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is justified by her deeds. So, okay, here's your part. <laughs> what does that passage tell us about God, his nature, his heart? <laughs> Not everybody at once. Okay. <laughs> What's it tell us about God? He's observant. He's observant. Nice. I like that. Unpack that for a sec for me. What do you mean? <laughs> He's like, don't put me on the spot, bro. <laughs> What's he observing? Nice. Good, bro. See, you could do it. No problem. Anyone else got something about God that stood out to you? His heart is to be with sinners. His heart is to be with sinners. Booyah. That's good. <laughs> Anyone, anything else? A God of blessing. Cool. All right, guys. See, you're good at this. Okay. Uh, some other people will tell me, what does it say about people? What's it tell us about the heart and nature of man? Judgmental, judgmental yeah. Yeah, we are, right? <laughs> I, I think you should probably just leave the kind of off. <laughs> We're judgmental, yeah. Cool. What? Works-based. Hypocrites. We can miss the point. Come on. That's good. Yeah. Selfish. Yeah, man. What's that? Rebellious. That's true, right? Okay. Yeah, that's so so how many of you know that some of you just described the things in our culture? Right? <laughs> so if I were to ask somebody from like India or something like that, it would be different answers, right? Somewhat. Probably some same, but some different. Uh, Asian cultures, nobody would say rebellious necessarily, probably, because that's a conformist society, right? To be rebellious is shame bringing, okay? So just think about that for a minute. Um, so let's take a stab at the part that he's talking about, the weird illustration that Jesus uses with the children in the marketplace. Somebody, uh, a couple people throw out, what do you think Jesus is meaning by that? Specifically, what's he saying about people? Yeah, we can be blind and deaf and not even know it, right? <laughs> That's good. Anything else? We need to engage. Yeah. Oh, did you guys hear that? Perceptions are skewed. Yeah. Um, in my experience overseas, 
I've traveled to quite a few different countries now, and I can tell you universally, across every culture, it doesn't matter where you come from, okay, um, we're all broken. <laughs> so it levels the playing field, okay? Uh, Americans want to talk about equality? There you go. We're all messed up, okay? <laughs> Just equally messed up, okay? Um, but also, we all have this tendency to think about God according to our culture, right? Culture of where we lived, culture of our families, uh, culture of the church we go to, right? <laughs> our particular flavor, Baskin-Robbins 31, you know what I mean? Um, really, and especially in America because we're such an individualist culture, we all kind of have our own bent, right, and flavor, to who we think God is. So uh, when you go to bazaars and stuff overseas, um, one of the things that you experience there is that uh, you go to a bazaar, especially as a foreigner, man, you are like, people are locked onto you. The vultures swarm, you know what I mean? And they are, they see that you have money to spend. And so they do things like what he's talking about. They come, come to my shop. I have the finest perfumes in all the land, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I give you a great deal, I give you a great price, you know. Uh, they want you to buy stuff. Then there's people sometimes playing music and they're like wanting you to come and listen and have an emotional reaction so that you'll give them money for what they're doing, right? And Jesus is describing to us just what she said. Like we have this perception about our relationship with God that is based on things that are wrong, <laughs> right? And what we do is uh, we end up telling God, God, um, you're not doing it right. I'm, I'm trying to play you a happy song and you're not dancing to it. And then whenever God dances to our happy song, we say, no, 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 I, ch I changed songs. <laughs> this is a sad song. Now I want you to mourn. Right? <laughs> and so we have these, we have these preconceived ideas, pre-expectations in our head about who God should be according to us. And then we try to make God dance to our tune. Right? How many of you guys appreciate the worship here? I mean, you're blessed, right? Like this good spirit-led worship. I don't feel like they have like an agenda up here. You know what I mean? Um, but oftentimes that's how we come to God. We have this agenda and we're, trying, we're saying, God, you, no, dance this way. Dance this way. Pick up your feet, you know. What do you think God is thinking about that? I heard somebody. Louder? Sad. Yeah. I think God has a really good sense of humor. <laughs> so sometimes he probably is like, ha, that's funny. <laughs> uh, but he also, too, I think is grieved in his heart because he's like, this is not how the relationship works. I'm the sovereign God of the universe. 
and you are not. <laughs> so you should not be telling me how to dance to your tune. But we flip it a lot, don't we? How many of you guys are with me? Come on. You can be honest. I flip it on its head and I say, well, I, I want to be God today. I want to decide what's right or wrong. And I want you, God, to do things that help me. <laughs> I want you to convince this person that I'm right and they're wrong. <laughs> right? Um, but this is the thing, man, and I think that it gets me every time. How many of us are showing our neighbors, our coworkers, our family members a cultural version of God that's based on self-idolatry instead of really who he is? That should break our heart. We should repent to that. Because God deserves better, right? Um, and I think, you know, she said over here, ears to hear. Are you listening? I mean, you got to get offline, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> you got to unplug from the garbage. And you got to just listen to Jesus speak, right? Because I think God is more than willing every day to reveal himself. If we'll listen, if we'll look for him, he's everywhere, right? And he's trying to tell us, this is who I am, this is who I am. And we're over there playing the flute. Come on, God. <laughs> Put that flute down and listen, man, okay? Because your neighbors, your coworkers, your family members, the people that are in your world every day, man, they, they, they need God. And they need to see not a cultural version of him, but just actually who he is in your thinking, in your words, in your life. Amen? So let me share with you. I think, I don't know what slide we're on. I'm confused. <laughs> uh, the fix-it one, is that good? I'm going to ask you at the end. I'm going to ask you at the end how you're going to respond to this. But for right now, I want to say, when I was overseas, I started having back and hip, hip problems. And um, so I'm doing a lot of walking and uh, started having these problems in my back and stuff. And I was actually here in the States a few years ago, and this guy saw I was having back problems. He wanted to pray for me. I appreciate it. But he, he did the leg thing, you know. He's like trying to grow my leg or whatever, which I'm totally okay with. Like, I believe God can heal, and so I was down. I'm like, do it, Lord. Let's heal this back. The Lord didn't heal me that day, but the guy told me, he said, hey, you have one leg that's shorter than the other. Did you know that? And I was like, no, I didn't, but that would explain a lot, right? <laughs> um, so I went back overseas thinking, I have one leg shorter than the other. Now, how many of you guys would have went to see some sort of doctor, professional, to help you with that. Good, you're smart. Anyone else? I, I, I didn't do that. <laughs> I was like, 
I got it. Uh, I'll just go on WebMD, right? <laughs> How many of you guys are WebMD experts? Like, you just go there and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm dying, right? <laughs> uh, I didn't know it was, I thought it was my leg. Um, but I went on there and I'm, and I'm thinking, oh, well, it makes sense to me that I would just get different insoles and even it out. So I took all of my right-footed shoes and I threw away the insoles. And I bought new insoles that were a quarter inch higher than the other one. And I'm walking around for like a year or more. It's like, yep, I fixed that problem. But then I started having pain on the other side <laughs> of my hip and back. And I'm like, what is going on? I'm only in my mid-40s. I can't be having these kind of issues uh, already. And which I found out that's not true either. But uh, <laughs> so uh, I'm walking around, though, and I'm, I keep having hip problems and back problems and stuff. And finally, I just said, okay, I'm going to go to the doctor and I'm try to figure it. Because my, my friend, actually, <laughs> teammate, had the same problem. And he goes, yeah, the guy said <laughs> leg shorter than the other. And he's straightening me out. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go check this out. But I go to the doctor, right? Guess what? I do not have a leg shorter than the other. <laughs> and the doctor told me that. I was like, no, come on. You don't know what you're talking about. I said that because it's overseas, and sometimes that's really true. But um, he measured me like three times, man, like put me up against the wall. He's like, look. And I'm like, well, I'll be darned. <laughs> MR the same length. Uh, and, I, and so I go home, and I'm confessing to my teammates, like, my legs are the same length. And they're, they're like laughing their heads off because they know I've been walking around on a higher insole and I threw away all my original insoles. So I'm like, I have to buy new shoes. I have to buy new insoles for both. And you know how much pain I put myself through during that time thinking that I had it figured out? And all that time... <laughs> And the doctor said, and then, so I went to a physical therapist, right? Which, by the way, if you're a physical therapist in the room, God bless you. I uh, went to a physical therapist, though, and the person said, look, man, you have some weird symmetry in your back. Your muscles are not, they're weaker on one side than the other. And he said, so what's happening is your hips will actually get out of whack. And so it looks like one of your legs is shorter than the other. And he goes, actually, you can switch back and forth. I didn't know that. I was like, I should have come to you a year and a half ago. Uh, so he, he says, I'm going to give you some exercises for your back, and this is going to help you. And you know what happened? It worked. <laughs> what, are you, what are the odds? We, uh, I, so I'm walking around with, like, not, not any pain, and I'm, I'm wearing the same size insoles, and I, <laughs> you know, and I'm back on the street. And I'm just telling you, man, uh, that was a huge lesson for me. It's like, how often do we go to God and say, are you sure about that? You know, I, I don't think that's right, Lord. I think, um, you know, you're supposed to give me a better job, more money, and, you know. And, and we go to God with, like, basically divination, you know, trying to get him to do things for us, make our life better, you know. When really God is just like, man, if you'd listen to me, 
I know exactly what I'm doing with you, right? God could have helped me with that problem, <laughs> you know? So how do we respond to that? I want you guys just close your eyes with me for a minute as we wrap up. I'm going to ask some questions. If you're here today and you know that there is something uh, from this message God just convicting your heart about, like there's a culture, a way of thinking about God that you have that God's saying, this needs to change. Would you raise your hand for me? Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thanks for being honest with the Lord. Uh, maybe you're here this morning, too, and you, you know that um, there's a particular way that you not just think but live that is not a good representation to the people around you of who Jesus is. And God's convicting you of that. Would you raise your hand? You say, I need to shift the way I live here so that people are knowing who God is. Thank you, guys. Awesome. That's really great. Um, I'm going to ask you guys to go a little step further. If, if you raised your hand for one of those, can you tell your neighbor next to you and ask him to pray with you? I'm going to pray over you, but I want you guys to kind of have someone to be accountable with there and you guys minister to each other because we have more time, right, in the second service. Uh, okay, and the last thing is maybe some of you two are in here and you're like, I feel this really, God's been speaking to me about something for some time about going to my neighbors or my coworkers or family members with the gospel of Jesus and I haven't obeyed. Or maybe God said, I want you to come overseas and engage a people group that doesn't know me. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Awesome. Thank you, guys. Okay, I'm going to pray for you. And if you told a neighbor, neighbor, pray for them there in the seat, okay? And let's go to God with this. Um, if that's you too, if you, had a, if you got a calling on your life, whether it's here, whether it's there, and you just, you want to talk to somebody about it, I really want you to come find me after service. I want to kind of set you on the path, you know what I mean? <laughs> and help you get engaged with whatever God's asking you to do, okay? Let's pray. Jesus, we love you so much. Um, I am incredibly grateful, Lord, that you speak to us. There is no other religion on this planet that we have a relationship with our God like the one we have with you. You are close and you reveal yourself and you're near and you're with us. And it's just so different. We're grateful for your presence, God. Would you help us, Lord Jesus, to repent right now and ask you forgiveness for our thinking, ask you forgiveness for our living? If there are things that we have done and thought that misrepresent you to others, just forgive us, God. Right now, I pray that you would convict, and in the Holy Spirit, you would just begin to speak to people, okay, this is the truth. This is who I am.
Think this way. Live it out this way. And God, would you help us to go and obey you this, this week? We want to love you back, God, in obedience, like you ask of us in your word. God, for those in here who are, maybe they even have the image in their head right now of someone they know they need to share with, um, that needs to hear your gospel, whether it's family, coworker, neighbor, even the cashier at the grocery store. I mean, I don't care, Lord. Just start to fill them with your Holy Spirit, God, I pray right now. In the authority of Christ, this, this church has been walking through a time of breaking strongholds. I break all strongholds in Jesus' name that are inhibiting people from being obedient to who you are, God. That are inhibiting people from really knowing you. And God, I ask that every single one, we'd go to our neighbors, go to our family, go to our coworkers and engage them with conversation that leads to something intentional about you, that we would share the kingdom gospel of Jesus, not some cultural version that we know. And God, you would lead those people and draw those people to yourself like you want to do. If anyone here too, God, is wanting to go overseas, I just pray that you would start to bring vision and clarity and bring the steps, Lord Jesus, open the doors for them to come and engage, God, people who have never heard the gospel before. God, I pray it in Jesus' name this morning. We love you. Thank you, God, for our incredible time together. And thank you, Lord Jesus, for revealing yourself to us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Brother.